0: In today's episode, I want to discuss my own experience in nature as a woman of color. This is a continuation of Black Birders Week, Black Lives Matter, Black in Nature movements. If you have been following me on social media, you will have noticed I've participated in these movements. I want to start out by expressing this conversation is to share my own personal experience in nature. What I state does not mean every person of color has had this experience, but this is my own truth. When I was a child, I remember playing outside, going to the park or bike riding with friends and family. Some of my best memories in nature was with my grandparents. My Nana and Papa who resided in Spanish Harlem, Manhattan, New York. I remember the tall buildings, traffic, parades, the smell of food, and when I would walk down the block, the sounds of horns, music, or children playing. But when I reflect on my, res- my experience with nature, with them, I remember Nana and Papa's balcony was always filled with plants. But if my brother and I wanted to go outside with our friends, also known as the chickadees, we had to take the elevator from the sixth floor to the second floor where the playground was located. Although their building had a playground, we were not always allowed to go to the second floor. But yet, if we wanted to go anywhere, we had to walk. This was quite different from my brother and I's day-to-day norm: driving everywhere. The walking is how we connected with nature in New York City. I remember walking with Nana to the supermarket and to 3rd Avenue on Saturdays to her favorite shops or with my Papa to his favorite Chinese restaurant. Sometimes Nana would even walk us to the park to play on the splash pad or on really hot, sunny, humid days in the city, she would let us run through the fire hydrant that was spraying water. Visiting Nana and Papa in the city gave me a different experience in nature that I value today. However, when I was visiting my grandmother in Columbia, South Carolina, my experience in nature was the opposite. My brother and I, with our cousins, had the freedom to walk to the park on our own, walk to Miss Roxy's house for ice cream or candy, catch fireflies, but we were only required to come in when the street lights were on. At grandma's house, we couldn't play inside. We had to play outside. We would ride our bikes from the top of Monroe Street down the hill back to grandma's house. Some of the best nature war wounds came from grandma's house. But most importantly, I have vivid memories of grandma's garden. I just remembered this was not an area to play in, but I would admire looking at all the vegetables she was growing and sometimes I got to enjoy the harvest from the garden. This was what nature looked like for me with my grandma. I see this part of my childhood reflect in my daily life today. With my parents, I remember taking, I remember them taking my brother and I to local state and national parks as children. My parents always made it a point for us to connect with our surroundings, especially as a military family. We were Power Tourist Kids. (laughs) Meaning, when we took day trips, which seemed like every Saturday to some tourist adventure. Realistically, I know that's not true, but my six-year-old mind seriously thinks we were sightseeing every weekend. As a military Air Force brat, We had the opportunity to see and experience the dry desert heat of Nevada, the smell of the fresh cut grass of Georgia, visit England's beautiful gardens and castles, New Mexico's majestic desert, beauty of mountains, Turkey's rich culture, and swimming in the Mediterranean Sea, and lastly, living in San Antonio, Texas, where blue bonnets and itchy grass and allergies became a real issue for me. This is what nature looked like with my parents. But as I grew into adulthood, I distinctly distinctively remembered my first nature experience as an adult. It was my last day of my senior year in high school, and one of my very dear friends, a soccer teammate, invited me to go tubing down the Guadalupe River in Texas. This experience left an imprint on my life in different ways. One, it was my first time tubing down a river. For two, I couldn't remember my parents, I couldn't believe my parents said, yes, you can go tubing. There's a reason why the yes is, important, is an important response because I was the black girl who could only go swimming with perfect weather, my hair had to be in cornrows, and I had to wear a swim cap. In this instance, this was not a requirement, but somehow my mother approved. Thanks, Mom. Tubing down the river was liberating because I was not restricted by my hair or what what nature was going to do to my hair. I could just go tubing with friends with no limits. What a moment in nature for me. But if I'm being honest, at 18 years old, I would have never imagined tubing in the Guadalupe River would ever serve any real value in my life until today. Recanting this experience brings brings up the culture. If you have kinky, curly, thick, thin, full, relaxed, or natural hair, you understand why this experience is important because you know, because we know managing our hair was not easy for us or our moms. But now let's talk about my present day life. I'm a wife, a mother, an early childhood education professor, entrepreneur, business owner of a nature preschool. And I serve on a couple of boards. I've continued to explore nature in ways that makes me feel comfortable through gardening hiking and camping just to name a few. My interest in gardening has started when I was a child and seeing my grandmother's garden but when you move around so much due to the military this creates nature restrictions around your home. Oftentimes you're renting or living on base or post so you have to seek nature in different ways. Hence neighborhood walking as a child was a norm or driving to a local park. But when my husband and I lived in Lebanon, Missouri, I'll never forget the beauty of the Midwest. I was just, I just loved the green rolling hills of grass, the four seasons, the access to the lakes. But also remember the first, I also remember the first time I ate a fresh cucumber from my neighbor's garden. It was so crisp and so tasty. Nothing I could buy from a grocery store. So when we became homeowners five years ago, I immediately planted a garden in our backyard. Over the years, we have expanded the garden to other areas, but we've also discovered that we have a peach tree and a mulberry tree. What I love most about our garden is we can enjoy nature from our home. My next experience, I began to explore hiking when we moved to Arizona by way of the United States Army. Hiking was a new adventure for my family and I. As I've shared so far in this podcast, my experience in nature did not include hiking. Yes, my family and I would go on walks as I've mentioned before, but we were not hikers. When my parents told me a couple of years ago they had hiking shoes, I I was actually shocked and chuckled and they chuckled at me and my response but then they explain this is how they visit national national and state parks now they bring their hiking shoes and I recall my dad saying how do you think we would capture these amazing pictures of course I didn't realize they were wearing hiking hiking shoes to walk and hike to where they wanted to go to capture the beauty of nature but my fondest moment and my fondest memory was going camping. I remember my very first camping trip was with my two best girlfriends. And for security reasons, I will refer to them as Ginger and Mocha. This is not what I really call them. This, these are the nicknames my husband gave them. I was 33 years old when I went camping for the first time. I remember preparing for the trip and I was thinking about all the wrong things like should I wear flannel, a flannel shirt, or jeans, or yoga pants. I should not probably wear makeup and do I wear jewelry? You have to remember I had never gone camping. Then I was thinking about my hair too. I honestly didn't know what to expect. I felt like a kid who needed guidance because this was so new for me. I remember Mocha driving us up the mountain, which scared me to death. But once we made it to the campsite, I started to relax because I was surrounded by beautiful trees. But camping involves work. We had to set up everything, start gathering wood and cooking. By the time we completed our task, it was time to unwind and really enjoy the camping experience. At some point, I remember Ginger asking me, what kind of childhood did you have without camping what a question to ask a 33 year old right i don't remember my response but i do recall like laughing about it but then wondering about the question why hadn't i gone camping i mean my camp experience was summer day camp because i had working parents i eventually mentioned this question to my dad and his response was true to form You tell your friends you traveled and you stayed in Rome. That was not the answer I was quite looking for, but the point of the statement is not to minimize my childhood experiences. My parents were not camping people, and if they decided to camp now, well, we may need to talk about this more, because camping was not how they natured now i want to focus on what nature means to me as a woman of color it means freedom peace and curiosity so when i look at my 11 year old daughter who has already surpassed my childhood and adult experiences she can garden can fruits and vegetables swim in lakes or pools hike start a fire survive in the wilderness because of because she's gone camping countless times as a Girl Scout. She likes to make mud pies, hates bugs, mosquitoes apparently love her, and now she's raising chickens. As a parent, I have tried to expand her nature exposure, but like any parent, I have my nature limits too. For instance, please don't get sand in your hair. And prior to her getting locks, she needed to wear a swim cap while swimming. Clearly, hair is a running theme of my life here. The Black in Nature and Black Birders Week movement is important because it was the first time in my own life that I realized that not—it was the first time in my own life that I realized I did not always see people of color in my nature adventures. Meaning. I do not always see images of people of color engaging in their nature world it's like we're hidden but i know we are in nature it was something about naaee north america association of environmental education giving a place for someone like myself to show i'm here and i stand in nature it was the first time i felt a heavy sense of responsibility to stand in this place, not space, but this place for others to show up. NAAEE has a large wingspan, so for them to say yes to this movement to help elevate Black birders and Blacks in nature is powerful. To end this podcast, I want you guys to focus on, a fo- on at least four key points. One, as a person of color, share your truth about nature with people who want to hear it. These will be the people who will help you push past your boundaries or limits others have put around you or you have put on yourself. Then they will stand with you. And, you know, after my first camping trip with Ginger and Mocha, we went again and I loved it even more. Me, never camping before, was no longer taboo. It was about hanging out with my best girlfriends and the forest drinking wine. Two, your story, Black in nature, is worthy. In other words, do not feel shamed or guilty for telling your truth. The truth is, my parents are not campers. Therefore, as a child, I was not going to experience this with them. But that's okay. Okay because they gave me so many other valuable nature experiences too. Three, determine how you want to proceed forward in nature. You can decide what your own nature experiences can be. You can create a bucket list of nature you're interested in, set goals on how to achieve your bucket list, and then execute your plan by scheduling your nature excursions. I actually have an aunt and cousin that made a decision to visit every national park or at least collect every stamp from every national park. So now we will exchange stamps from various locations because I live in the Southwest and they live in the Southeast of the United States. It's not easy to make every national park when you're juggling life. The key is before you can get to step three, deal with steps one and two. I'm saying this from personal experience. People want to hear and see your nature story. They may ask questions out of curiosity and try to understand you, but they genuinely want to know who you are in nature. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you like what you have heard, look out for the weekly podcast series. Until next time, be blessed in nature. Welcome to Season 1 Black in Nature, Episode 4 Sounds. Today's podcast, I'm going to discuss Black in Nature through sounds of music in nature. My love for the sound of birds is due to my love for music. Whether I'm listening or singing, yes, I can sing and carry a note or two. I spent most of my childhood and early 20s singing in various choirs through church and school. One of my favorite memories of singing was in the 8th and ninth grade in Turkey. I was in the church choir and the school show choir. It was in those choirs that I discovered harmony, which reminds me of the sounds of birds. Growing up, my home was filled with music. I listened to a lot of Motown jazz, R&B, I believe the Wilson Sisters, Gloria Esteban, and many other artists and genres of music. But what I want to discuss is how nature and music intersect in my life today. Songbirds. As I sit in the backyard listening to the birds sing and communicate with each other about life, I can only wonder what their conversation is about especially during today's current events in spite of my own irrational fears of birds i absolutely love the sound of them when i hear birds chirping it's like a melody that sings to my ears i can easily get lost in the sound of birds what's even more fascinating is the different types of sounds birds can make to communicate with one another. But yet it's in harmony. But what's interesting is each bird brings a unique individual sound to their environment. In my backyard, it sounds like a songbird symphony. Rhythm of Silence Now, after being home for over three months, I have a new rhythm to sounds in nature. I want to feel each and every nature moment versus, okay, I'm here on a hike and there's one way up and one way down. I no longer want to engage in timed nature events. The very concept I try to teach young children in nature is what I'm applying to my day-to-day life now. In other words, if I feel like going for a hike, I'm going to hike. I'm going to do it. But if I just want to relax in my backyard, that's what I'm going to do. Pre-COVID life, everything felt overly planned and rushed in nature. But now, I want to be more present and aware of what's happening. Since being home, The only ways I'm getting out is through nature. Just recently, my daughter and I went to a place called Miller Canyon, and five minutes into the walk, I remember saying to her, Do you hear something? Is that water? Because I could actually hear the water. Her and I walked closer to the sound, and we discovered a stream of water coming down the mountain. We both looked at each other with amazement because we couldn't believe we had access to a stream in the desert. We climbed down a couple of boulder rocks and sat quietly by the stream, listening to the flow of water. The sound of the water made me feel peaceful and forget about the world around me. In the midst of this pandemic, which has brought on so much internal silence, I now listen to my inner self and how it's responding to nature. I really think about habits I want to keep or leave behind after the pandemic. Although I will never list, I'll never let music go as a form of healing life hurts or expressions of joy, nature is now providing the same healing components for me during this time of silence. Next, I want to share how the sound of music and nature intersect into my day-to-day life today.